Welcome to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John and Hannah. And today we are going to be giving you our top 10 reasons for not creating an elaborate background. The idea for this episode was based on a call that we received from Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Great podcast, highly recommend you check it out. That we received previously where he was saying he'd love to see an episode about why you shouldn't make a extensive background so we hope you enjoy this episode jason and that the rest of you can get something out of it as well okay so hannah why don't you kick us off with the first reason for not doing an elaborate background so you're not the best writer none of us are not if we're sitting about role playing if we were the best writers on earth we'd be writing novels. And if you are a novelist, you'll probably realise that not everybody wants to read your novel. And your GM certainly doesn't need to be reading your novel if it's not his style of thing. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, novels and RPGs are different media anyway. So even if you are the best novel writer in the world, that doesn't mean that you can just sort of port that straight over to an RPG and have everyone want to read it. But this moves us nicely onto our point two. Even if you do write this expansive backstory, chances are good that the GM is not going to read it. After all, we've all got things on our plate. We've all got sort of a limited amount of time. So I think it's fair to say it's, that... Like, it's not just that. It's how often do you want to sit down and read somebody else's fan fiction? Yeah, I think, I think it's fairly safe to say that like I've never witnessed a, a player handing over a massive background to a GM and their face lighting up with sheer delight at the thought of it. And it may be that your GM's a huge fan of fan fiction, oh, yeah, in which yeah. case we're completely wrong and go for it. You write that overcomplicated 5,000 word essay on how your character's village got destroyed. But Yeah, just don't send it to us, that's all we're saying. <laughs> yeah. So even if they do read it, your GM's not necessarily going to remember it all. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right there, love. I mean, obviously to the player, if they've put the effort into creating this, it's very important to them. But to to the GM, it's just one part of like the game they've got to do. And that's not even taking into account like real-life stuff and other bits and pieces all clamouring for their attention. So what are the chances that... The, the GM's going to remember that on page two of your, like, 50-chapter mega background, it mentioned that your dad's favourite colour was blue <laughs> or whatever. And that it, that's just not going to stay in there. They're probably just going to skim through it and remember the main points anyway. So, and even if the GM, in some magical fantasy realm, even if the GM did have time to read your background and they could remember it all, this moves us on to point four, they're not going to be able to use it all anyway. A lot of these massive backgrounds isn't relevant to the game anyway, especially if they took place long ago. So let's use an analogy for this. Let's look at the the first, um, in the classic trilogy, Star Wars film. Mm -hmm. When you first see Luke Skywalker, he's just living with his aunt and uncle on a poor sort of moisture farm. You know that he's an orphan. You don't get all of his whole massive backstory in one go. 
you just get the bits you and need it actually to know. It turned out that the massive backstory of his family was kind of dull and uninteresting and yeah. didn't really inform the plot of the rest of the story anyway. Yeah, because the thing is, we're not we're not interested about what happened like five years before the game started, unless it's relevant to the game. We're interested in the stuff that's happening now. So much with the story of Luke Skywalker, we're interested on him becoming a, a rebellion pilot and getting trained by Obi Wan Kenobi and overthrow helping to overthrow the Empire and free free the the Ewoks. Well, not, maybe not so much the Ewoks. <laughs> But you, you know what I mean. We're not interested in the fact that his first eight years of life were spent just like cleaning crappy like droids on Tatooine, or the like precisely how he came to Tatooine. It, that wasn't relevant to the story they were trying to tell in that film. And ninety nine percent of what you put in your massive magnum opus of a background will not be relevant to what's going to happen in the game. So point number five. Yeah. Just to be clear, we're not saying. Don't do a background at all. Oh, no, definitely not. We're saying use bullet points instead. Three or four bullet points is all you need to sum up a basic sort of a sketch of a character. Yeah. And that's plenty for your GM to use. Yeah, and when you do these bullet points, focus on the stuff that you think is going to be relevant to your campaign setting. Now, this might involve a bit of discussion with the GM, but if you're prepping for a game, you should probably be having a bit of discussion anyway. So, for instance, if your GM says, oh, we're going to be playing a game where the whole country has been overrun by evil orcs, and you've got in your background as a bullet point, oh, uh, my my uncle was killed by orcs and, made, and, I, and I was made an orphan because they killed my parents then that's relevant because that'll colour how your character deals with this orcs in this situation. Whereas if you've got that same, my parents were killed by orcs, but the whole game's taking place in like a sort of magical fey forest, it's probably not quite as relevant. So you need to have a bit of to and fro with the GM to work out what in this backstory that you're imagining is going to be relevant to the game and then put it down in quick sort of easy to reference bullet points and this brings us on to point number six the gm preparing for this new campaign has got an awful lot to do they've got to prep npcs they've got to get maps ready they've got to read pre-published scenarios if they're using them they've got to create their own if they're not what they've not got time to do is for four or five players to each slap down some sort of war and peace style fantasy novel on their desk and then digest and memorise all of that. They will be concentrating on what they need to run the game, as I was just saying. And what you should be looking to do with your background is give the GM a little bit of extra stuff they can use to make their campaign interesting, not sort of burying them under fan fiction. So number seven, it's more interesting to play out fleshing out your character than to arrive at the game with them already whole. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is actually something that that scum and villainy game was quite good for, with the, like, building up of stress and traumas. Yes, yeah. And sort of the way that advancement worked, it sort of allowed you chance to go oh this is the thing that's like really affected my character and this is how it's affected yeah. them and it's you're playing it out rather than writing it in advance so it is a lot more fun from that role play perspective yeah i mean we often hear the phrase you know show don't tell when it comes to rpgs and you've got to think about it what's more dramatic if you're if you go to a village 
you see the village burnt down there's debris everywhere there's absolute carnage you come across an old injured peasant he's got an arrow sticking out of the side of him and as you sort of like you're helping him out and you're trying to bring him around with a bit of water he's like oh we, we, we couldn't pay 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 the taxes for 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 lord such and such and he sent his soldiers to destroy our village is that does that make you sort of understand what this guy's more about is that more interesting than just having an npc turn up and be like yes i would like you to go and defeat lord such and such because he's evil and he does x y and z it's more effective with backgrounds as with everything to actually see things happening Whereas if it's just someone reading something off a piece of paper or someone telling you about it, it doesn't have anywhere as much impact. And I think this moves us on to point eight, which is that if you plan all of your background out to the nth degree far in advance, when something cool, unusual or just interesting happens later in the game and you're like, oh, that could be cool if I'd have linked it into my background. You might not have the flexibility to do that. So to use our example earlier of like the guy whose uncle was killed by orcs, maybe you've not decided who killed your uncle. Maybe you just wrote down your uncle was killed. And then when you find out the campaigns about orcs, you just have a quick word with the GM and be like, oh, would it be possible for like my uncle to have been killed by like this orc tribe that we're dealing with? And most GMs will be like, yeah, no problem. Whereas if you've... If you've already got written down that your uncle was killed by the fifth cousin of the Duke of Farquaad or whatever, then mm-hmm. that you've got to sort of get rid of that or ignore that, in which case you may as well have not written it in the first place. You should only be looking to write down the stuff that's actually going to be useful and leave yourself enough flexibility to incorporate new ideas and new cool stuff as you go along in the game. So a big part of why this sort of thing doesn't tend to work is because the GM and the player are going to have different visions of this background as it's presented. Yeah. Because the GM knows their campaign, it is their campaign, it is their vision. If they're then presented with this like completely different set of ideas and something that just doesn't really mesh into their campaign, they're either going to have to suddenly rewrite their vision to fit your weird ass character, or they're going to have to try and like shoehorn this complicated whatever into the setting they've already got. Now I've got it. I'm I'm not really I'm not really sort of keen on the art of the the sort of phrase the GM's vision, but. Um... <sighs> Because I, I think what you what you need here is you need like a bit of flexibility on both sides. Because the GM, in the same way, the player shouldn't have one hundred percent come up with their background and it's set in stone. The GM should likewise not have set their campaign in stone. Exactly. And what I'm really getting at here is that if the player sits down and sets all of this in stone, the GM's not really going to get it right anyway. However, however yeah, the yeah. GM, however well the GM does, however closely the GM follows this script they've been given, it's not going to be the game you wanted to play. No. So you may as well just go with the GM. That's part of what being a good player is. Well, like I said, I mean, I, I think personally, I think as I said, a, a degree of flexibility is needed on both sides. So you would expect, if you were like a player, for the GM to be able to like flex the campaign to incorporate some of your ideas. Absolutely. But by the same token, you're absolutely right, love. Is that you should, if you want those ideas included, you shouldn't be making it more difficult for the GM to include those ideas. So, like like we said, when you're talking to the the GM, there's a little bit of give and take there. But 
let's move on to number nine. Number nine. So, most fantasy characters begin as a collection of well-worn archetypes, which are really useful shorthand. Oh yeah. But if you make one of these like super special, unique characters, um, when we were doing the notes for this, I, I was talking about the gnome thief, mage assassin. However interesting that character is to you, it's not going to be as interesting to the other characters. And if you come in with something that's too complicated right at the start, and the other characters have got to sit down and listen to like all these explanations of why your character's whatever, and what happens is effectively you're commandeering the game for your own character. And... It's just not as fun for everyone else. No, I mean, role-playing's a group activity, after all. And I think it's, see, it's that sort of apocryphal story, isn't it, in like role-playing, when, um, you know, when like the Drizzt books first came out and like every every other person wanted to play like a good drow ranger who like somehow wasn't as yeah. evil as all the other drow. And I'm sure that's apocryphal and it possibly wasn't as widespread as it seemed. But it's that sort of thing where... You are never going to... And I'm not saying you shouldn't strive to come up with a character who's a bit different, because you certainly should. But you're never going to come up with something that is truly unique and has never been seen before. Because we're talking about a fantasy game of elves, hobbits and dwarves. It's also about allowing that difference to develop in-game. If you start out the game as your basic dwarf fighter, and then you go and... Uh, seduce the ice queen and get some ice magic and then you go off and get involved in something where you get duplicated and now you're playing the twin of your original character and I'm trying to think of other cool twists from stuff that we've done that that character develops over time and suddenly you've got this like ice dwarf with bat wings who's actually the clone of the original character, but it doesn't matter too much. It is a weird gnome thief, mage assassin, super special character, but because it's developed over time, you've earned that. Yeah, it's not just assumed from the start. And that comes right back to what we were saying early on, where it's far more interesting to see backgrounds develop in play than it is to simply be given them on a piece of paper at the start. I mean, take things like the uh, tell, the Batman films mm-hmm. the, and, and any superhero film. The reason they always do a superhero origin as the first one, which, yeah, is becoming a little bit tired by now, I'll admit, but the reason they always do these superhero origins is because it's more interesting to see them becoming the superhero than it is once they're actually the superhero. I mean, let, let's take Spider-Man as a random example. You know, you've got the the whole thing. <laughs> His uncle Ben dies, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. He, he learns that lesson. He puts on the suit. He becomes Spider-Man. That's all very interesting, and it's been done a number of different ways. Obviously, you've got Batman as well with his parents mm-hmm. getting killed. But once they actually put on the suits, they just use X different powers to beat up criminals... And stop even more ridiculous bad guys. But it's how they become the superhero and what their motivation is that's interesting. And that's why, in typically in any sort of superhero franchise, in the first film or the first comic or whatever, 
you always see their origin so you get to see them develop and become the superhero in play as it were rather than someone just going oh yes i was bit by a radioactive spider and now i'm (laughs) spider-man okay so let's move on to our final point point 10 the time you spend on writing this massive background could be better spent elsewhere and that could be thinking of ways to make the game more enjoyable it could be revising your character sheet checking you know all the abilities that your characters got chatting with some of the other pcs uh, asking the gm a few questions about the campaign world to get more of an idea of what's going on the, the, even writing down your bullet point background there's numerous different things you could be doing that would far better serve the game than sitting down writing uh, an amateur fantasy novel which then isn't going to get read by anybody and you're going to be disappointed because it's not been read and it's not being used the gm's going to feel a bit bad because he's not used your material but he can't because he's not going to remember it and he's not got time and stuff like that and basically no one uh, and wins meanwhile the other players are all getting a little bit annoyed because you're taking up so much game time yeah and basically no one wins in this scenario so what we're trying to say is we're not saying don't go and write yourself a fantastic fan fiction about your rpg character we're not saying don't go and put that fan fiction on a fan fiction website. Yeah, if you if we're you saying enjoy don't doing expect that. your GM to be able to make use of your fan fiction about your character. Yeah, if you want to write some fan fiction, fill your boots, enjoy yourself. That's not a problem, but don't expect that it's going to give you any more time in the spotlight as a character than any of the other characters are going to get in the game because it's a group activity. And don't expect that the GM is going to be as enamoured of this background, this fan fiction, as you are, nor that they're going to be able to use all of it. And I think if you keep that in mind, you keep your background short to the point, preferably bullet points, and you make sure it's stuff that's relevant to the game, you'll be happier because you'll know that the GM is using some of it. The GM will be happy because you're doing some of the work for him, and the other player characters will be happy because you're contributing to the game, but in a way that isn't sucking up all of the attention towards your mm-hmm. character specifically. If you want to get in touch with us, you can leave a voicemail message using the SpeakPipe website. There's going to be a link in this show description, or you can leave us an email. The address is rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So that's been this episode about why you shouldn't create a large background myself and hannah are both off to seduce the ice queen so until we see you again take care happy gaming stay safe and we'll see you soon 